as I was mentioning earlier, uh, we're walking through this I Am series, right? The seven I Am statements of Jesus. And today, uh, we hear him say, I am the vine. And for those of you that know my background with food and wine, I get really excited about texts like these. Because <laughs> there's so much beauty in the imagery that Jesus talks about and uses in his scripture. Now, I've had chances to go around to some certain vineyards, and there's, there's things that you have to know about vines, and there's things you have to know about what can come from them. And so I was in a vineyard uh, called Calera. It's in Mount Harlan, California. It's run by a guy named Josh Jensen, and we have a picture of it if you want to jump to that first picture. So this is a beautiful vineyard. It's out in the middle of the hills. Uh, Josh Jensen had worked in Burgundy, and he wanted to uh, find soils that were similar to Burgundy so he could grow Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, uh, but this isn't a sermon about him, so we'll get to the point on stuff. Uh, Jesus says, I am the vine, right? I'm the vine. I'm the roots. I'm the solid foundation. Now, there's something you have to know about well-cared-for vines and grapes. A well-cared-for vine and grape will tell the story of its place. Now, the reason I picked this one is because this is a particular grape that is known for not masking where it grows, okay? And so I had sipped this glass of wine, and I said, there's a flavor in there, but I'm not sure what that is. It doesn't taste like any fruit I've ever had. In fact, it tastes like rocks, okay? Now, it's sitting on a big chunk of rock. That's limestone, okay? That's the main soil that's in Burgundy for Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. That's the main soil that's in these mountainsides. And when I tasted that glass of wine, I was the one that then licked my finger to rub it across the rock and taste the rock to see if that's what was coming through in this glass of wine. And it is. It's limestone. It was this minerality that was absolutely beautiful. And that grape very purely showed where its place was. That grape very purely showed where its roots are. And it showed the soil that it's planted in. There's another tricky history to vines. You see, there, there's basically two types of vines. There's uh, an American natural vine, and there's a European natural vine. They have fancy Latin names, but that doesn't matter right now. Okay? And so they are used to growing in their particular places. Okay. Most of the wines that we know come from European vines. They come from European grapes, things that started over there. Most of the wines that come from American grapes, you don't buy because they just don't taste as good. We, they are used for table grapes. They're used for uh, jam and jellies like Concord grapes, all that kind of stuff. Okay? But they're generally not wine grapes. Now, in the late 19th century, okay, in the mid-1800s uh, to the late 1800s, there is this really wonderful exploration across the two continents. And you see, vines have been growing for a long time in Europe, a very long time in Europe, and they had been doing just fine. But now we wanted to see if some of those might grow in the U.S., and if some in the U.S. might grow over there. But there was something unseen, you see, on the roots of the American vines, there's this little aphid. And this little aphid can't get through the rootstock, can't get through the roots of the American vines. But once it was brought to Europe, it wiped out about 80% of the vines in Europe. That's a lot. 
And so these vineyards then are getting tore up. They're getting pulled out because they're trying to stop the spread of this little aphid, this little bug that is devastating the vines in Europe in the late 19th century, wiping them out. Histories, centuries worth of vines, vineyards that have been in families for a long, long time decimated. Okay? And so they started to look at these vines and they started to try and figure out what to do. And like I said, they were ripping them out, they were uprooting them, they were burning them, they were putting them in piles, just trying to kill whatever it was that was killing these vines. They started to put two and two together with the travels of the vines from one place to another. And they said, well, we have a vine over here that's not hurt by anything. And we have a vine over here that's dying as everything affects it. And actually, if you don't mind going to the next shot, you get to see kind of what a vine... Oh, actually, that one skipped. Maybe it's the next one. We'll jump back and forth here. Let's see if it's in there. There should be one of like a, a vine and a root and branches and stuff with a white wall background. Do we have that at all? There it is. Look at that. So there's this vine, right? This is the, the roots. And there's the branches. You got the vine. You got the branches. You heard about that a little bit earlier, right? So this root stock, though, this root area, this is where those little bugs would live. Well, I realized that the American roots, for whatever reason, were resilient to this little aphid. So to save these vineyards, to save these wines, what had to happen was this American root stock would be planted and you would graft in a European vine on top of it. The strength, the vitality, the, the ability to live and survive, the life of the vine had to be safe. If it tried to grow apart from this vine, it would die. So when we hear Jesus talk about, I am the vine, you are the branches, think of the heart of the vine, the piece that sits in the ground and pulls the energy from the ground and the soil and the story of that place and is safe. I am the vine. You are the branches. See, when we try and live on our own apart from Jesus as our root and apart from Jesus as our vine, sin decimates us. Sin kills us sin takes out the life that we have and we end up in a pile sitting on the side not producing any fruit at all and dying separation from jesus is death it's not where we want to be but jesus jesus is the vine so how do we get in that vine? If you notice, there's that neat little notch cut right there, right? It's not just artistry. It's actually a, a graft. It's a way of grafting one thing onto the other. There's different ways to do it, uh, but this one just looked kind of neat to me. It looked like a keyhole. It looked like a fit. It was a perfect fit of taking one particular branch and grafting it onto a vine, grafting it onto a solid root, grafting it onto something that was going to produce life and give it life and keep it living. It's one thing to do it with vines. It's another thing to do it with people. 
There's a beautiful verse in this text that we read today. And Jesus looks at his disciples, right? And he says, you, you're already clean. You're already clean because of the word that I spoke over you. You're already clean because of the word that I spoke to you. Now remember where he's saying that again. They're sitting at the night of the Last Supper. He has already prophesied lots of different things to them. He has knelt before them and washed their feet. He has served them. He's poured water over them. He has spoken to them. And he says, you, your branches and the vine, I've already grafted you into me. Now we come here and we hear Jesus' words, right? We hear Jesus' words of proclamation. We hear Jesus' words saying, I am I'm the vine. If you're separate from me, you need to be grafted into me. If you're separate from me, you have no life in you. Yeah, you may produce some fruit for a little while, but at some point, it's all going to wither up. I'm the vine. You need to be grafted into me. So how do we get there? You heard the Ephesians verse, it's not by works lest any man can boast, it's not by our doing, it's not like a branch can come over to a vine and say, I want to be over here. It takes effort. Because also, did you hear the very first verse of our gospel reading today? And Jesus said, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. My father is a vineyard manager. My father is the one that takes care of the garden. My father is the one that makes sure that everything is where it needs to be. My father is the one that's going to take you and connect you with me. And by him, we have life. So it takes something outside of us to connect us to Jesus. It takes something outside of us to draw us to Jesus. It takes something outside of us to be connected as branches to a vine, to be grafted in. It's what we call baptism. It's what we call water and the word in a sacrament that's poured over us all by God's work, making us his children, not by our choice, but by his doing. And so we're connected to the vine. We're grafted into the vine where sin cannot eat that rootstock anymore, where the bugs that ate the vines in the past, that sin in our lives that is very similar to that cannot affect where we are planted because it's by God's work that we are planted into Jesus. It's by God's work that we are grafted into Christ. And he died for us and lives for us. And that life is eternal. And that life is what fills us each day. That life is what builds us up each day. That life is something that cannot be stripped away by Satan or sin or anything because it's Jesus' life. And Jesus' life conquered death. And he says, and you're grafted into me, so I give it to you. I give you forgiveness. I give you life. Because the Father, through baptism, has grafted you into me. So we are one because of the word poured over you, because of the word that is shed upon you, because of the waters that are there by God's work to claim you as his child. Life given. 
I've mentioned it before, but I walk through this with my dad because I have no idea where he stands baptized or not. He doesn't know. And so I pray one day I have the courage to talk to him because as much as I may be able to say it here, it's hard when I'm looking at my dad in the eyes to say that. It's a hard thing. But I know God's working on his heart. I know that God is there because his ears have been more attuned to things that are said. The words that have come out of his mouth have reflected God's work in his life, but I want to see him grafted in. Some other beautiful things about vines. Go ahead and go to the bigger vineyard picture, not just the one right there. Those vines are about, I think when I took that picture, those vines were about 50 to 60 years old. It's an old vineyard up in the Sonoma area. It's a Zinfandel vineyard. Kind of gnarly looking, aren't they? And that's not just the Southern California surfer gnarly. That's the like actual gnarled, like, naughty looking vines right <laughs> they're amazing vines now think of the vineyards that you drive past a lot of times with youthful vines there's lots of leaves they're very pretty they're very orderly these have a story to tell these have a story that they have lived through their roots go deep our roots go into soil that's rough. That is not pretty-looking soil. It is rocky. It is harsh. But they're reaching down. They're reaching down into something that you can't see. Yet, there's still life there. Now, go ahead and go to the next one. Because this vine is awesome. This vine's amazing. That's about a 95-year-old vine. Actually, it was 90 when I took it about 10 years ago, so it's probably about a 105-year-old vine. That thing's got some history. Now, how much fruit is coming off of that? Not a lot. You know how good that fruit is? So good. <laughs> we had a bottle of wine as we walked through with the winemaker, and uh, we walked through this vineyard and then sat down later, and he shared a bottle that has some fruit from this vineyard and some fruit from another vineyard, but it's all from vines about this age. And you sit down and taste that. Oh, my goodness. That told a story. That told a story that was beautiful. It not only told a story of the place in that soil, but that one told a story of time. That one told a story that nothing else could tell in the same way. And again, it was a grafted vine at some point. That was a vine taken from somewhere else and grafted into a root. And that root was solid. That root is sound. That root is secure where it is. And year after year, vintage after vintage, it would tell a story. So what's your story? Where are you rooted? Who's your vine? In baptism, we know our vine is Jesus. We know there's life. And as we, God brings others into our lives and as we get to care for those that God brings around us, we get to tell them that story of life. We get to tell them that story of Jesus. We get to tell them where we're rooted, not by our work, lest anyone can boast, 
but simply by the grace of God. To walk in the works and the fruit that he has set out before us, not for the good of our own, but for the good of all those who are around us. Because a vine doesn't produce grapes for its own benefit, but for yours. And Jesus doesn't live for his own benefit, but for yours. Amen. Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the roots that you put down in Jesus. We thank you for caring for your church, for the vineyard, and grafting us into life. Pray that you be with us this day, that you guide us from here, that you lead us by your Spirit to continually hear your words in our lives and point us to those who you would have hear your word in our voice and on our lips. We thank you for the love and the forgiveness that you give us in Christ. Strengthen us each day that all we do would glorify you. In your son Jesus' name, amen.